Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we're honored to have with us as a guest, Corey Lee. Welcome, Corey. Hey, Barbara. Well, thanks uh, for having me on. I'm excited about our conversation today. Yes, so am I. Corey Lee is quite interesting because he started out in business as a physical therapist and then with his wife went on to have several practices and several gyms being quite the entrepreneur. But why don't you tell us your story, Corey? Yeah, so I like how you uh, said he's interesting. <laughs> I actually get introduced like that to the people that, that know me. He is kind of interesting, so I'm good with that. So, Barbara, I, I guess I am an entrepreneur. I was raised in a, uh, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother early, early on in my life. Stepdad came on a little bit later. And, um, you know, they loved us. They did the best they could, but they had a few sayings, and one of them was, you know, you don't take risk. Uh, it's better to be safe than it is to be sorry, right? And uh, you go to college, get a degree, get a good job, stay there 40 years and retire. And um, Barbara, that just did not, it didn't really excite me, right? And I felt like there was something more. And um, I did go to school. I'm actually a physical therapist assistant. So I graduated, my wife and I got married and she went to college to get her doctorates in physical therapy. And while she was in school, I was working and we would be driving around town and we'd say, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had our own physical therapy clinic? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? And, and, you know, wouldn't it be cool also if this therapy clinic also had a gym with it to where we're not only doing physical therapy, but we're really transforming a community, right? And, and really change the culture to help with health and fitness. And it was kind of just a dream. And uh, she got out of college. We moved back to Mississippi. And shortly after she graduated and we moved back, we opened up that clinic and it was a little bitty old physical therapy clinic in a town of 1,100 people, 1,100 people. And in a five-year period of time, we, we actually had three kids. We had two physical therapy practices and four gyms. And in that five-year period of time, we built those up sold those. And um, I've transitioned out. I do one-on-one coaching now. Uh, I do leadership training, speaking, and do some mastermind groups for entrepreneurs and absolutely love it. It's been a great journey and uh, enjoy helping other people too. So that, that's, a, that's a short bit about kind of how we've gotten here and our entrepreneur journey. Well, there are a few things about that story that probably have our listeners' ears perked up because you either moved to like the most sick city on earth to live in a town of a thousand and yet support and be able to sell a practice with only a thousand people in it. I mean, presumably there were at least two people living in town that didn't need a physical therapist. So you must have been able to draw your clientele from several towns surrounding you. Didn't you? Yes. Uh, So 
one thing I'll, I'll share on that. So we, we worked in that clinic for five years. At the time of the sale, we were billing out over $2 million a year in that town of 1,100 people. And uh, what we did was we were kind of outside of one of the largest kind of towns, I guess, and people would have to drive to physical therapy or drive to their doctor. Well, we, we provided them something of a convenience, right? So what we decided to do is not just be another business that was conveniently located in the community. We really want to take part in the community, right? So, I mean, we were actively involved in going and speaking to the high schools. We, we were at the, their games, right? And, and really participated in their parades and those kind of things. And, and really just tried to be a part of the community. I wanted to go back to one other thing you said. So we did move back to Mississippi. We were living in Phoenix, Arizona. We were there for six months and I, you know, I'm a person of, person of faith and uh, my wife, she was finishing up school. We were doing the whole, God, where do you want us to go? Where should we move back to? What do we do? And really had this sense to move back to Tupelo. Tupelo, Mississippi. And immediately I was like, no, no, anywhere, anywhere but Tupelo, Mississippi, right? They don't care anything about health and fitness. They don't care anything about living a healthy lifestyle. And that's what crossed my mind. And um, God spoke to me, said, there will be no change unless somebody makes a change. And why not you? So that's, that's what brought us back and came back and Really, we had no idea what we were doing whenever it came to business, and we just kind of went, got going from there. So, that's great. Of course, some of you may have heard of Tupelo, Mississippi, before from Steel Magnolias and from Elvis Presley. That's right. Right. That's right. Good job, Barbara. Elvis Presley, the birthplace. That's right. So we we were actually in a small town outside of Tupelo, but yeah. Okay, so how did you get so many patients and be able to build so much in a town of only a thousand people? Yeah, you know, traditionally, so one thing about Mississippi as well is we have a very limited direct access, right? So patients have to go to the doctor, get a doctor's order, and then come to physical therapy in Mississippi. So we decided we were going to be so heavily involved within the community that the patient would tell the doctor where they wanted to go. So two things, heavily involved within the community, but we also wanted to create a space where patients wanted to come into our place, right? Nobody is driving by physical therapy and saying, oh, I want to go to that place. But we tried to create an atmosphere that was so inviting that people actually wanted to be there and to be a part of it. And, you know, really just really tried to engage them at every touch point with a smile and, you know, how, how are you doing? We, we didn't treat anybody any differently, uh, whether they had a lot or a little, right? We, we tried to love on each person. And just one quick story I'll, I'll kind of say with that, I had a lady call in and uh, our front desk lady had stepped away and I answered the phone and patient, she had called and I answered and she kind of stuttered a little bit and she said, um, uh, I, I'm just going to be a little bit late today. I'll be there in just a minute. I was like, okay, that's no problem. She came in and she got to telling me, she said, you know, I was calling to cancel today. But, <laughs> but she couldn't tell you directly. She couldn't. She said, but when you answered and I heard the enthusiasm in your voice, she said, you know, 
I need to be around that. So I'm going to come. And uh, anyway, we, we just tried to create a fun atmosphere and an inviting atmosphere. And, and patients would go to their doctors and say, I want to go to this place. So and that's, that's one of the things we did. That's great. So you then moved on and you no longer worked there. And from there, you decided to become a coach, correct? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. And you now have a mastermind where you can support other men because let's face it, women get together all the time, but it's not always available for men. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So one, men, we tend to live in isolation. Uh, We have this tendency, but isolation is the enemy. But also I realized that when wife and I opened up our practice, we had a ton of enthusiasm, ton of excitement, but zero business knowledge. And we knew that if we wanted that business to grow, then we needed to grow. So we read the books, we went through the courses, the seminars, and all the webinars, and found people to help us from a distance, but didn't have that individual or that group that I could go to and share my business ideas with, who could hold me accountable to my commitments, who would ask me in-depth questions and also serve as guardrails as I wanted to grow my business, but not at the expense of my faith, my family, or my fitness. So what we did is we created a -a one-of-a-kind mastermind group specifically for male entrepreneurs with all those things in mind. It it gives them an an environment of growth. There's a particular environment uh, conducive to growth, and that's what we've tried to create with our mastermind group. Now, I understand that this group is virtual, that it's uh, done online. Is that because of the health crisis we have now, or has it always been that way? It it has always been that way. We wanted to open it up to not just we want to open up to anybody in the world, right? And and not just be limited by geography. So we get together once a week via Zoom, but then we get together twice a year on a three-day retreat, twice a year. And that's part of the, the guy's membership. So it's a great way for us to connect in, in person, but then also, you know, when people are close by, they'll tend to get together on their own anyway. Yeah. Uh, so but, for your but, retreats... Are you going someplace exotic or are they coming to Tupelo? No, the, the goal is to, to go somewhere cool, right? Uh, and uh, somewhere exciting and fun. We were thinking Colorado when we originally had planned uh, this, maybe Florida. But with kind of the, the changing world that we're in in this right now at the time of this recording, we're kind of trying to rethink that. But it, it's, it's going to be somewhere fun and exciting. And uh, we don't want to be limited by that. Tupelo would be fun too, but. We're just kind of rethinking that right now. Yeah. So it's going to be twice a year, you said, right? That's correct. So once a year, you think it'll be skiing? That, hey, I, I think so. You know, part of one of the things that we try to do is keep fitness involved too. So I think there'll be some kind of outdoor activity involved with that, whether we're in the mountains doing some hiking or uh, some skiing or, or things like that. That'll be definitely be a part of it. <laughs> and... How has the success been of the people that are in your group that you've been mentoring? Yeah, you know, I think it's been great. One, the accountability aspect of it has been really good. Um, And we try to make accountability fun, 
right? You know, we don't want to be like the kindergartner teacher that has a ruler and spanks your hand whenever you don't do what you say you're going to do. So what we do is if, if you made a commitment the prior week and you don't do it, you drop down and you do 15 burpees right there on the video in front of everybody. So you just know when you no, know. Is that true? Are you kidding? It is 100%. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, we, we try to have fun with it, right? And um, But you know if other people are going to ask you about it, you have a tendency to uphold commitments. So it's easy to, one of the things we do is we judge other people based off of their actions, but we judge ourselves based off of our intentions. So if I intended to lose five pounds this week and I was the only one that knew about it, right? I might let myself slide. But one of our guys last week, he said, you know, my goal is to lose five pounds this week. Well, he knew he had 10 other guys that were going to ask him about it. So he lost 5.2 this week, right? Um, so that's one thing, the, getting clear on business ideas. Th- those are great. Making sure you're a good father, uh, strong in faith, and we grow intentionally. But I think the accountability has been one of the biggest and best parts about it so far. And um, we, we also do a growth seat where one person gets in the growth seat and you have 10 other men thinking into a idea or issue or, or whatever with you. So that's been good as well. How do you promote this group to get other men to know about it? Yeah, so uh, do some Facebook stuff, uh, do Facebook ads, but also really this group that we have uh, going was our first one. So I was trying to uh, perfect it and really getting them to do word of mouth with me if they've had success, start telling their friends and and podcasts like this uh, has been one of the ways that we've been doing it up until now. So how many people are in your group? We cap them at 10. More than that, um, people may get lost in the shuffle. And anything we've found is anything less than about eight. We, we like eight to 10, but we cap them at 10 where you can get the group thing going, but nobody gets lost in the shuffle. So we've got one group going right now, launching two more, and I uh, hope by the end of the year to have five going. So, Do you restrict that to that type of uh, profession that they have? Um, that's a great question. Uh, not to the type of profession, but we do have a, to keep the integrity of the group, there's a process. So, uh, there's a small little application that you fill out and then me and you hop on a call and just talk about it. It, one, it allows you to ask questions and then I can kind of get to know you a little bit too. And if you're a good fit for what we're doing, and if you think it's a right fit for you as well, then we'll move into the membership and onboarding. But the, the actual business that they're in, we don't restrict it by that, but more of kind of their personality and the integrity and those kind of things. It's kind of what we, we gauge it on. Yeah. So where in the world is Waldo or uh, in the country? I mean, where, where do your uh, guys come from? Yeah. So the groups that we have right now are in Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee. We have some in Indiana, and Texas right now. So kind of central part of the United States uh, at this point. But like I said, by the end of the year, we, we hope to have about five or six going. And we're, we're open to any, anywhere in the country of men who really want to live a life of significance and, uh, and make a significant impact. So we feel like it'll be all over the country by that point. Yeah, that's great. And uh, what is it that you call yourselves? Legacy Builders. 
Legacy Builders. I like that, nice and strong. Right. Uh, well, at the moment, that sounds great, but I would like to uh, divert to something else that you are building that I find of great interest, and that is a new medical model, one where people don't have to pay for insurance, but rather it's a membership subscription service. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So uh, about three years ago, I was at a physical therapy conference. I'm flying back, had this idea come, come across my mind to what would it be like if we had a place that was health and wellness all in one place where you had a doctor's office, maybe you had a physical therapy clinic, a dietitian, nutritionist, gym, all for one membership price. You know, it, it kind of kept putting the idea behind me, putting the idea behind me, and then kind of toyed with it and said, can I do that? Can I do that? And then Barbara, finally, I put a how in front of the can I, how can I, and when you put a how can I, or a how in front of that can I, you trigger the creative use of our imagination. So I started down that path. I found um, some people who were doing things kind of similar. They were doing direct primary care uh, membership base. I haven't figured out the full package of it yet. We are still in process with the other, other components of that. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking before we hopped on, everything's kind of been put on pause with that, but it hasn't paused my creativity and my imagination with it. So it's still been doing that. But the goal is to have a place where people have a one membership price and they get all those services. And, um, you know, really at this point in process and really trying to refine that because to me, I think it would be just awesome to have that you know, and not, not, I think it would help us with our insurance rates. I think it would help people live a healthier lifestyle where you're going into a place and, and people are on the same team and they're looking out for your overall health. And that's, that's kind of the premise and the basis to the thinking anyway. Yes, that is really great. But here, here's the question. Yeah. And that is while it may very well work out with people who are basically healthy, how is that going to work for someone who has serious medical issues? Yeah, and, and that's, that's another part of the model, trying to figure out how do you do that? Because my mind was always on how do you keep people healthy and keep them physically active and healthy. But that is the other, other side there, too. How do you get people who aren't um, maybe in great shape or not in the best health, how do you get them there? And, and keep them there. Right. And, um, I'd love to be able to figure that out. That's something that we're, I'm trying to figure out myself. And, uh, if you've got any suggestions, I am wide open, Barbara. <laughs> uh, I've seen, I've talked to a couple people that are trying some things, uh, where they've got the membership model where they also, they have the insurance component as well, where they accept insurance, but they also have the membership aside and, uh, it just kind of wading through that. Cause it, kind of can get a little bit confusing almost where you have a lot of balls in the air and yep. uh, I like to keep things simple a little bit <laughs> uh -huh. well you know things can absolutely change after all Paula Dean doesn't do southern fried chicken now she does grilled chicken every once in a while so there's hope for everyone else 100 percent can you get the people around you to stop having the southern fried chicken and, and grits and things that are made with 
heavy gravies and, and fats? Yeah, that, that's a, you know, I, I think changing the lifestyle uh, is definitely the, the beginning of it. You know, here in Mississippi, one of the things is we're always in that top three most obese states in the country. And it's because the food is good. People like the the fried food. And I, I think, you know, nobody is going around saying, I want to be overweight. I want to be obese. And I think part of it is education. Uh, you know, I talked to some people the other day and they had the the pre-fried grilled chicken nuggets. And they was like, well, I baked it in the oven, right? And yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, and that'll work. But also, I think we live in this microwave society, too, where it's, you know, instant popcorn, Instagram, and I want instant weight loss right now. And uh, we, we don't want to do the work to lose the weight or be in a healthy lifestyle. We, we try to shortchange it and try the fad diets, maybe crazy pills and maybe even the surgeries, right? And um, I, I think two sides of that, that's a great discussion, is uh, education and making it a lifestyle instead of uh, just some kind of short diet. So it's a mindset shift as well. So do you get out and do health fairs and market your practice to the community? Um, at this point, we're really just trying to refine the process and what, what exactly that looks like. But I 100%, once we get going, we'll definitely be doing all of those kind of things, the marketing, uh, being in the community. And really, I see it as, as kind of being like we did in our physical therapy practice is, is really engaging the community in education. I think education is going to be vital. So probably part of our marketing would be a lot of educational videos, social media, but being at a lot of the fairs and stuff too. Yes. In terms of marketing, would you say that most of the marketing that you do for your legacy builders is uh, Facebook ads or are there other things that you haven't mentioned? Yeah, uh, most of it is Facebook ads and word of mouth through the guys that are in the group and then through through podcasting, uh, use this kind of platform. So, you know, I know we're, we're on marketing tips for doctors. This has been a great platform to get in front of your audience and kind of share your expertise as well. So this is a another platform that, you know, medical professionals can use as well. And, and there's a lot of people out there that need to hear what our medical professionals have to say too. You've got, you've got great information that other people may not hear unless you share it. So those are kind of my three main uh, ones at this point, the podcast, Facebook ads, and doing some education on Facebook, but through current guys in the group doing word of mouth helping us get the word out. And actually, you know, the male physicians who want to just go around without telling anybody their doctors might very well want to have camaraderie with unknown men who will, you know, give them advice in terms of just, you know, support for, you know, building a new business. 100%. And, and also, we try to look at the overall life too, right? So I know as business owners, we're very busy. I know physicians are very busy, right? And there's got to be a balance there as well, where you're, you're living a healthy lifestyle, where you're actively being engaged with your family as well, and not just business or your, your uh, profession too, right? So we, we try to help men in all areas. And when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, I also do that. Uh, it's not 
I don't just work with men, but the mastermind groups are, are for men. But we, we take a look at the entire, what, what does our entire life look like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important because most professionals really put that on hold while they're busy. And then they find out that life has passed them by. Exactly. Or, or, or that their wife moved out three weeks ago and they didn't notice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and you know, you, we enjoy what we do, right? We like the work that we do. And I know I did. And, uh, you know, there was a time, like I said, we had the gyms and working and I was coaching our CrossFit classes. And I can remember walking out of the door probably around four o'clock in the afternoon and telling our son bye and good night because I would be at the gym until about eight or eight thirty coaching our classes. And he looked up at me and said, daddy, you going to your house? And, you know, I, I realized at that point I was spending way too much time away from the family and working. I did not even realize it. I had to have a three-year-old call me out. Right. And, um, it was at that point that really made a shift in trying to find some good leaders to help me out. Well, Corey, I think that there are a lot of lessons that you have highlighted today for our listeners to, you know, give pause and think about. If someone from the listening audience would like to reach you, how would they go about that? Yeah, thank you, Barbara. Well, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a cookies on the bottom shelf kind of guy. You got to keep it simple for me. So I've tried to do that as well. And I've created a page for your listeners. It's uh, com, And the Corey is C-O-R-Y, but it's com slash marketing tips. And that's all one word. And on that page, you know, it'll have some information about the legacy builders, but also um, got links on there for to follow on social media. But I, I've got your listeners two free assessments, uh, two free free gifts if they want them. One is a personal assessment where you just download it and you answer the questions. It kind of gives you an overall assessment of how balanced your life is. And then the other one is a spousal survey. You print that off, hand it to your spouse, and it uh, helps you guys to have good, meaningful communication, which uh, which is key, right? It's just well, key. you're assuming that they want to know what the spouse has to say. <laughs> yeah, so we did this in our men's mastermind group, and uh, my wife was like, when do I get to fill that thing out? You know, I was like, Ugh, you know, but it, it's really good. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Corey. Thank you very much. It was uh, great having you here today. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate it and hope it added value to your listeners. This is another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.